Hello, welcome to Gentlemen Don't Get Caught, a podcast where we, Lynn, probably get caught because we're not very gentlemanly. <laughs> I just and I'm Lynn, yeah, sorry, and you're and you're Ali, yes. I think. That was incredibly uh, professionally done. <laughs> that is the kind of professionalism that you can expect on this podcast. What are we talking about specifically, though, this time, Lynn? We're talking about the ninth track on Murmur. It is nine nine. Yeah, I assume that's how it's pronounced, not nine nine or ninety nine. Mm, I would assume so. I don't know. Yeah. It, this is kind of embarrassing, but it never occurred to me that it is the ninth track. Ooh, yeah, me neither. That's an astounding revelation. Yeah, yeah, sinister. It yeah, is yeah, the ninth track. Yeah. Um, is that, so, I mean, I don't know whether the name really relates to any of the lyrics, partly because they're difficult to work out, but I can't think of how it does particularly. That was, that was now, the thing. That I... might just be me being an idiot, or it might just be like they ran out and didn't want to call it Untitled. <laughs> yeah, which is... A little bit lazy. Um, so let's just call it nine, nine, I guess. Because yeah. this is one that I always, when I go onto the album on Spotify, I go, oh yeah, there's a track called Nine Nine, and I can never remember how it goes. Like I don't associate the title with the music at all. Nope. Uh, maybe I will now because I've been forced to. But it just, I, th- I find it like merges with the next track quite a lot mm. in my mind as well. Like often when I was listening to it this week, I'd be like, oh yeah, what's was that nine nine? I just listened to it and I'll be halfway through shaking through. Yeah. And think, oh, oh yeah. I guess I it's just not assumed it was this track. But you've said on a previous episode that that generally, like, your attention on this album kind of diminishes towards the end. Yeah, I think that's been largely true. Um I have to confess that when doing uh, some listening recently, I've kind of been starting the album in the middle. Ah. <laughs> like starting on catapult. Now that we've got through the first yeah, half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't need to listen to that now. We've done that. Yeah, we've done that. I'll never listen to it again. <laughs> uh, which is not true because I've been really enjoying this album generally. But yes, yeah. it is like a little bit trickier. Um, but this track in particular seems to merge, which is a shame because it's got a great intro. Mm. I just feel like it's maybe the intro to the next song. <laughs> it's just all one long song. Yeah, it has some lovely bass going on. Yeah, kind of like bouncing and kind of sliding around. Yeah. Um it's kind of a weirder I'd say it's more of a track than a song if you wanted if you wanted to make that distinction. Yeah, it's almost like it's so kind of like muddy and blurred. I guess almost like lyrically that it almost feel it's not in, it's not an instrumental. No. But if you can if you'd have just told me like, oh, that instrumental track on Murmur, I could almost be sort of tricked into going, oh yeah, going along I remember with that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean we've talked about extensively about how mumbly Michael Stipe's vocals are just generally across this album but on this there's like full-blown proper I'm not even gonna try to enunciate what these words are I'm gonna deliberately just kind of burble fast into the microphone (laughs) under my under my breath this this started does it does it have started I have Um, no idea Uh, give me all your bronze seal Give me all your bronze seal. <laughs> I don't think that's what the lyrics are. You're sounding like a, a, a Dalek that's obsessed with <laughs> making sure that their shed doesn't rot. It's a Dalek that just needs a lot of like waterproofing for his woodwork. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the Daleks are, are a civilization famous for their wooden <laughs> yurts. Um, the transcription that I've recovered from Google doesn't even attempt to um like transcribe the 
mumbly stuff at the beginning wow. and it just kind of goes into the got to punch right on target oh I, I maybe heard the word target yeah like right on target i got and then there's twisting tongues which i like vaguely heard as like joshua jones okay like who the heck's that <laughs> My mind attempting to assign order to chaos. And uh, then there's got a stripe down his back, all nine yards down her back. And then it's give me a couple, uh, don't give me a couple of pointers, turn to lies and conversation fear. Yeah, I mean, you could you could just be reading something that's not at all relevant to this. And... No, <laughs> random stream of consciousness. But yeah, yeah, most of it's pretty, pretty indistinct. Uh, what would you say the mood of this track is? That's a good question. I think it's kind of... It's definitely a mood piece. Yeah. I would say certainly like the beginning is quite unsettling. Yeah. And I, I don't I don't think it settles down particularly. No. And the whole thing's just a little bit... No, and the... Because um, you've got at the beginning when he's doing the mumbling, you've got this sort of like guitar, like arpeggio hmm. thing. But then when it kind of... The, the main song proper kind of starts up the guitar playing is like very like slashy and choppy he's doing this technique where i think anyway where you mute the strings uh, so assuming that you're right-handed and you strum with your right hand and you fret chords and notes on on your left hand you can do this thing where you mute with your left hand by like releasing the pressure as you strum hmm. so it just kind of depending on how hard you are uh, strumming it kind of makes this sort of clacking chopping kind of noise rather than like the strings being able to ring so he's doing a lot of that and it sounds very cool um it kind of it's odd but it reminds me of some of the edges guitar playing on like one of the earlier u2 albums he does a lot of that I mean, he does it quite a bit anyway but then he also puts a whole bunch of delay on it so it's it does sound a bit different, but it, I think it's the same technique anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I was going down to a, a guitar no, nerd cul-de-sac, but... No, please carry on. Um, incidentally, that, that album, War, was the same same year as this and came out a couple of months before, I think. So it's any similarity between the guitar playing is entirely coincidental. Just, yeah, don't sue us, The Edge. No. <laughs> <laughs> Claiming that you were being ripped off by Peter Buck, and it's like, no, it was just like that was a that's a common guitar technique, especially if you're like in the kind of punk and like post punk sort of period. Yeah, I've just suddenly realised that I don't really associate you two with REM particularly, but like they are quite contemporaneous. Basically, contemporaneous. Yeah, yeah. Like U 2s first album was 1980, so they're a little bit. Um, they've been going a little bit longer, but well, I guess U two probably got really big a bit sooner than REM got really big. But yes, I guess U two was like mid late eighties, and I guess REM's kind of peak must have been the early nineties. But yes, yeah, I think I think U two's like big break to the wider mainstream audience would would have been Live Aid, okay, in which was eighty four, I think, um, and. Bono has a absolutely horrific mullet. <laughs> we can just put that down to being 1984, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how long he maintained the mullet for. I don't think it was that long, but yeah, much as much as it is, uh, you know, customary to dunk on Bono, I think that was 
Those were the times. This this was back in the time when uh, Michael Stipe had hair, which is... I know, when I've seen photos of them sort of in the kind of 80s, it's... Um, yeah. Yeah, it seems weird somehow to see him with hair. I don't know why, it's just... It's, it's like his look is so kind of iconic. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Without hair. I mean, I have no yeah, idea how much is like a natural hair loss. It seems quite... It seems a little thin in the early photos, but... And how much mm. is just that he's just like, how'd you shave it off? Yeah, just gets to a point where it's like, eh, there's no hiding this, so I might as well go the whole way. And now he just has a massive beard. Yes, yeah, I, I saw an interview. It, he he looks like a crazy woodsman. He does a bit. That is, that is what, what happens when you are of a certain age and you just have a massive beard. I was just about to say he seems do. great, and I'm a bit worried that I will say that in between recording this and this coming out, something terrible will happen. Some awful revelations yeah. about Michael Stipe. That is that is the problem with anyone famous at this point. If is... that has happened, I take a little back. <laughs> and we probably cancel the podcast. <laughs> We're not celebrating your music anymore. No. I mean, there is the whole conversation about separating the art from the artist, but... Yeah, yeah. I don't... Uh, anyway. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, I think about that a lot. I'm sure we'll get around to talking about Ryan Adams or something, but... It's, um, mm, yeah, I don't, if we haven't already mentioned yeah, him. Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think either extreme is particularly helpful. Either to like basically just ban the arts from problematic artists or to completely ignore their behaviour. Yeah. Right, right, right. Think, and just like pretend yeah, it doesn't pretend matter. Pretend it doesn't matter or it doesn't happen. It does. um, yeah. So, yes. But there you go. Who knows? I don't, not a thing yeah. I think there's probably a perfect solution to, but. Nope. Um, <laughs> Hopefully, Would that it was hopefully so. this won't be an issue. Really hope this won't uh, be an issue. Yes, he seems like a nice man. Anyway, hopefully we will have <laughs> moved on to something slightly more palatable to talk about on our next Absolutely. episode. Absolutely, well, shaking through uh, is next mm. week. I, at the risk of talking it about it beforehand, can you have two tracks? Don't do it. One Don't do it. called "Sitting Still" and the other one called "Shaking Through," and not somehow get them confused in my mind. <laughs> I mean, I'm not blaming yeah. REM for the inadequacies of my own mind, but ah, oh, I, I think you're, I think you're like tangentially like throwing shade at their track name and skill. <laughs> That's what you're doing. Just face it, Lynn. Uh, yeah, maybe I am, but it seems unfair. <laughs> I just bullied you into <laughs> accepting that. That's the dynamic of this podcast now. I apologise. It, 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 it is. Yep. Yep. And on that note, we shall leave you in peace. Indeed. Uh, dear listener. Thank you for listening. Uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening. And um, Ta-ta. Yeah, join us next time. Bye. Bye. Turn on narrator. Toggle switch. On. GDGCpodcast at gmail.com. And I don't agree with littering. I'm against it on principle. And I think people do it at jerks. <laughs>